Hi there, I'm Stan Baker, one of the hosts of Circle Forum, along with Shelley Steele and Steve Young. In this episode, we discuss some recent research on how restorative practices impact suspensions in school. Now, as I listen to this conversation again, I notice that restorative practices is not the thing, the thing that will fix everything wrong in schools, particularly student suspensions. I think, however, that learning and understanding more about how restorative practices can help reduce suspensions in this research is really important because when students are suspended, they're also absent from school and that impacts their learning. If you're currently looking at student suspensions and want to work towards reducing them, then listen in. This research shows that restorative practices can help reduce it. Some of the main topics we'll be covering include student suspensions, attendance and achievement are complex and require complex solutions. Secondly, surprise, surprise, restorative practices can't fix everything. And thirdly, restorative practices works with other initiatives to reduce, not eliminate, to reduce student suspensions. At the end of this episode, be sure to visit our website, www.restorative.ca, where you can find free restorative resources about suspensions and how to deal with them, plus links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoy this, make sure to subscribe on Circle Forum on YouTube. Now, let's head over to this discussion with Shelley, Steve, and me, Stan. Can restorative practices improve school climate and curb suspensions? That's the topic of research from the RAND Corporation and some interesting results and recommendations. Overall, they did not see a great impact on reduction in suspensions. Now, they only ran it for a year, and that's. That's the discussion to really have, isn't it? How, what did they see? The, where did they see improvement happening? How long does something have to be in place to see things happening? And uh, what are some of the recommendations they made, even though they didn't necessarily find what they were hoping for to start with? Yeah, agreed. It's like any program in schools, when we talk, whether it's restorative practice or whatever people propose is going to fix system, whether it's violence in schools or attendance or whatever, they tend to come in with these great programs and say, if you do this, we're going to, and people's expectation is going to be instantaneous change. And I think as a society, we want everything instantaneous. Oh, and as a principal for years, teachers would come to me and say, this kid's this kid's that, and you go in and you start to work with this kid. And then the teachers are still doing it. It's only been three days. Like it's going to take a lot of time to change the direction of some of these things. And we've always talked about restorative as being one of those programs that takes to be fully embedded in a school and the culture of a school takes years. But even as a principal, as an administrator, when I was training years ago and taking courses and reading books and all the rest, they talked about systemic change. Systemic change in any organization, but in schools especially, takes three to five years to implement systemic change. That's a total reversal of what has been going on. And so to expect, we did this for a year or two years, and Six we only got minimal changes, therefore it's not working. No, you're not giving it enough time. And I think that comes through. It's not said in the article, at least the part we read, but it comes through a little bit in how they've described it. Now, there were some things that did happen that yes. were very positive, right? Mm-hmm. Overall school climate improved. The average number of suspensions went down. The gap between African-Americans, students of low income and white and more financially advantaged students, that gap was decreased, but there was no 
substantial difference in terms of academic achievement. But look at the recommendations, though. I love some of these recommendations. Emphasize restorative practices that can be woven into the school day. Isn't this something that we've said over and over again? Like it's not an add-on. It needs to become part of what we're doing. Any other recommendations that jump out at you? I think it talks about establish a mechanism for school staff to meet at least once a month as a professional learning community. And then the one after that, ensuring that leaders at the district level can coordinate the work. In other words, this isn't something that one school can do on its own or that a couple of teachers or a group of teachers in a school can do on their own. It has to be a whole school approach and it has to be supported from up high to allow that work to happen. I read between the lines on these recommendations and my assumption is they made these recommendations because those elements weren't present in the schools when they did the study and had they been, they might've had different results. So they're saying, okay, if you can add these things to it, we expect to see some decent results and some better results in the long term. It's been my experience too, that we've used restorative practices as something we do to kids, right? And what this is telling me is you've got to get everybody, all the adults in the building, all the adults in the district, all the adults in the board office on side with this. You need the leaders practicing and interacting in restorative ways. Otherwise, we have another situation where as leaders, I'm telling you to do something and doing it to you, but I'm asking you to do things with your students. So we need to model that from the leadership all the way down into the classroom. Anybody who's worked to try and further a program has absolutely felt that if it's disjointed, either it gets called in as a last resort or it gets suggested, but then somebody in a, a position higher than the one suggesting it said, no, we're not doing that. We're going this way. So if people are not aligned in their thinking or at least being open to exploring it rather than going back to what they've always done, then it is going to be a struggle. And those at the ground level who want to do this work will probably not battle too hard for it because you get tired of that. They may move through it and do some of the things themselves, but for whole school approach or significant issues, they're not going to stand up for that because if it's been squashed a few times, then I'm just going to do my thing. To me, this study also really speaks to the complexity of the issues involved with just suspensions, attendance, and academic achievement. There, there isn't just a one size fits all, and there's not a one program or one approach that fits all. And I would say the same of restorative practice, that it's not the thing that's going to fix all the problems. It's going to be something that needs to be part of it, but there needs to be other stuff happening as well. And in fact, if you're doing restorative practice as well, you're probably going to open up the complexity of the problem and understand more of what's going on. It's interesting that the last nugget under recommendations was to implement data collection systems for all types of behavioral instances. They tracked suspensions but they didn't attract a lot of other types of, be of behaviors and referrals. So when you think of office referrals, kids being sent to the wall during recess and all those kind of stuff that we don't generally track, was there an effect on that kind of behavior? We don't know because this study wasn't tracking that kind of stuff. Now, years and years ago, when I started doing the restorative work in the school I was at, we tracked suspensions, but we also tracked office referrals. And I had some of my staff sit down and we had a fairly structured program of office referrals. The teachers filled out a slip and the kid came to the office, their name was written down. So there was stuff that could be tracked, 
And so we went through all those binders and we tracked office referrals. And office referrals could be for anything. You didn't bring a pencil to class. You were rude. You were running in the halls, whatever. And although suspensions went down, office referrals dropped at twice the rate. It was just, it was unbelievable how many fewer kids were being referred to the office. And so, yeah, suspensions went down 20%, but office referrals went down 70%. So yeah, track some of those other things because some of those other things may indicate more, a lot more success than outwardly can see. So I agree with that. Let's make sure we check some of that other stuff too, because it may point, there may be some real success there that isn't being pointed out. And Candidly, if those behavioral issues and concerns are being dealt with in the classroom, as an administrator, you have more time available to do the kinds of things that you really got into the job for in exactly. the first place, like where you actually get connected to your why a little bit more. Exactly. Because otherwise, it's just dealing with situation after conflict situation, which is not really what you signed up for as a, to be a police officer in an educational institution. <laughs> The benefits there are you really can focus more on what it is you got into education for. Now, this is not the uh, the last word in all of this. And I think for some of us, myself included, it was disappointing in some ways because I, I, getting into restorative practice, I thought, oh, this is the thing. This is it. This is the way that will solve all the problems of the world. And it didn't show up that way in this particular study. But a lot of the other studies and research we've done, this makes a difference. So it does make some change. It does impact school climate. It does reduce a small amount. So it's it needs to be part of whatever plan it is that you're putting in place to address attendance in your school. The improvement in culture was a big piece. And as Steve's talked about, these need to be monitored for some time. You're not going to see change in a year. But if you're seeing an improvement in school culture in that time, then you're going to see some of the other benefits start to follow. We know. When I first encountered restorative practices a number of years ago, I thought, wow, here's the thing that will fix every other thing that's not working at school. Wrong. The research, however, does show that restorative practices can make a difference, particularly with student suspensions. And what we liked about it and about the research is that there are some terrific recommendations that are worth taking a look at about how to address suspensions through a restorative lens in your school. Find out more about our work at www.restorative.ca. Send me an email, stan at restorative.ca. Let's make restorative practices a part, a big part of how we talk together about suspensions. It'll make a difference for the students.